Get ready. Cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host. And I'm Maris the Witch Filling for Paul, who's temporarily incapacitated. Temporarily. Only for a little Temporary. bit. Just a little Not bit. Long. If you're Be joining back. us for the first time, this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guests, but not this month. Not this month. It is episode 212 of the weekly cooldown and it is February 9th. And that means it's uh, Black History Month. It is Black History Month. We are, of course, doing our usual tradition where we discuss uh, with Black creators and only with Black creators um, things going on while they create, while they game, while they uh, VTube, YouTube, Twitch stream. What else? While they exist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cartwheel, backflip, etc. Um <laughs> <laughs> for this episode, we're going to focus a little bit on cosplaying, and then, of course, we have uh, just a little bit of news, just a tiny little bit of news at the end um, that is kind of worth discussing. So, uh, without further ado, without further banter, yada yada, um, I'm going to let our guest introduce himself. Hello! Hi, everyone. My name is your Hello. cosplay dad. I also go by Avery. I am an LA-based cosplayer, body positivity advocate, creator as a whole, and fabricator so i make things out of pretty much everything else Ooh, thank you for having fabricator. me yeah thank You're you so for talented. joining the show um lots of questions for you especially <laughs> um as it pertains to cosplaying um but tell the people about um you know do you do any other things on the internet are you a streamer uh, i do stream occasionally. I have been on hiatus for a while due to a lot of life changes, a job change and mm. apartment change. And then I'm looking to get back into it in this this month, but it's definitely been it's been wild. So sure. the majority of the thing actually I've been looking into is learning how to make shoes because I have size fifteen feet and Oh my gosh, you're my hero. <laughs> <laughs> Cosplay is not uh kind to people with big feet. And sure. I would like it's to hot. make things to change that. And I'm currently working on things that might be interchangeable when it comes to <gasps> So we will see no. if I can make some kind of modular shoe design. We're going to see what we can do with that. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. As for, a... for people who don't know, like a modular shoe is a shoe that can essentially change its height. So you can flip it from a cute little heel to a little like one incher to a just flat. And that's awesome. I love modular shoes. They're so cool. But not just that, that form of modular. We're also looking for Oof. maybe changing out everything that's not the sole. So if you just Stop. maybe changing out the top of the cover as well. The style? Yes, the actual style of the shoe. Because oh if God, you're like I'm me, so buying a new pair of shoes for every cosplay you do is exhausting and expensive. <laughs> because for some reason, no one can just decide on some kind of style. Or I've got to make a boot cover for literally every single thing. So yeah, wow. if I have some kind of modular design for the style of the shoe, that'd be even better. And it's something that could be made 
if you have a, a pattern, essentially, it's something that you could make custom. Hmm. That's really You're cool. cooking. Yes. A lot. Cooking, cooking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooking with gas right now. Right. Electric <laughs> stove. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Um, a modular shoe. Yeah, as a, as a size 13er, personally, uh, they have only... And like shoe companies have only recently acknowledged my existence. So I um I get it. And my brother I think is a size sixteen. So Oh my um, sorry. I, I, <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we we really get the the um you know, the short end of the stick, so to speak, uh oh, in my family. Short. Well <laughs> okay. <Sorry. laughs> relax. Relax. Um but that's really cool. I mean, uh, the the fabricating part aside, uh, on its own rather, um, like I don't I don't know the first thing about sewing or knitting or crocheting or anything. So like um, the the idea that you not only do the kind of fabricating of your costume, but you're also working now on this kind of malleable shoe that you can wear with different cosplays is very very I'll make you um, to go ahead and patent that real quick yeah <laughs> inventive it's very inventive and i really really enjoy that um very good very good um so once again this is black history month and we're going to celebrate our black creators this year uh including your cosplay dad or avery uh we're going to celebrate his cosplaying all of the things that he does with his cosplaying um he's already spoken to us a bit about how he makes his cosplays just a little bit but tell us when did you really start and what was your first cosplay so i started in about 2011 i want to say i went to of course an anime expo i saw that mm. people were cosplaying because i wasn't as much as i was on the internet i wasn't nearly as much in that corner sure. but i saw people in there that were having fun they were really enjoying themselves and they were just really getting into it and i looked at that and going at that point, I already had some sewing experience. So I was like, I can do that. I can absolutely do that. And I can make things for this. Mm -hmm. So my first cosplay is actually Death the Kid from Soul Eater. Ooh. Well, I love Soul Eater. Same. It's one of my favorites yeah. of all time. And when they finally bring it back, I'll be very happy. Yeah, yeah, um, right. If you, re if you read the manga, it, it keeps going. That, that part right. in the There's show. More. Well, also the ending makes no sense because no, there's so doesn't. much that was just kind of skipped over because they realized right. they canceled, tried to wrap but it for some reason i highly recommend it to anyone who's yeah, not yeah. but it was death the kid and i also did medusa i think that was my second actually but i'm in the process of redoing a medusa probably not death the kid because usually when i go to cons it's hot and i would rather not wear a sure. full suit to that's fair yeah. And I you saw Megan Thee Stallion do it, and I was like, that's great. That's all we need. We're done. done. I, that's all I need to <laughs> no, see. I was about to ask, was it Meg? It yeah, was Meg I saw it? Megan. I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I'm looking well, for. I can't have it. It's hers. <laughs> yeah, it's hers. She did it. That's it. No one can do it better. Um, that's She's representing really cool, Black right now. I'm so thankful. Right? Right? Um, so you kind, of, <laughs> you kind of touched on this already but tell us again why cosplay like what really made you like start digging into it uh was it just seeing people at the expo or was there some kind of like real aha moment it was so my 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 first love has always been singing but my second love has always been sewing mm. i learned how to sew when i was working i, I was working under the table when i was like 14 at mm. a shop where they taught me how to use a machine and they taught me how to do alterations 
So I learned how to sew from a very young age. And I really, and I would always see my mom embroidering things when I was younger. And while I don't have the patience for that, I really just love the thought of making and creating. And especially when it comes to clothing. And mm. as much as I like creating regular clothing, the thought of being able to take something from the screen and bring it on, especially things that I really enjoy and things that I enjoy seeing and yeah. being able to embody my, like have myself be embodied as that character was really nice to me, especially because in a lot of media, especially when I was younger, especially when I was a child, there, there weren't mixed people. And in anime, there were never any black people except for like very stereotypical caricatures with, with some exceptions like Cowboy Bebop and some other mm. exceptions. Mm -hmm. But... There, it was very, very limited with that. And even with traditional Western media, it was more limited to have especially mixed characters. So being able to say, well, if you're not going to do it, I'll just do it myself was nice. And I'd go to these spaces, I'd see people make things. And then sometimes I'd literally just look at it and go like, I can make that. I can break that down and make that. So it really, it really just kind of scratched an itch in my brain for creation as a whole. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I love he's that. So cool. He's so cool. Maris, as co-host, you have free license to ask any questions you you like. Do so, I? Oh yeah, my gosh! Yeah. Don't give Just me that. Go go okay. nuts! Go crazy! What do you got? I do have a question. It might be a bit sensitive. Go for it. But not only are you mixed, I am looking at your cosplay photos, and I'm like, Bestie, we wear the same shirt size. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what's it like being a plus size cosplayer? It is, I mean, I'm thankful that I have gotten, because of the community that I've surrounded myself with, I get mm -hmm. more positive feedback. Mm -hmm. But that's also because I have very carefully curated and I'm not nearly as popular as a lot of other people. If I was, you know, a couple hundred K, I would receive a lot more hate, I'm sure, just based on proportion yeah, as a I've whole. I've seen a lot of people get some nasty pushback for just being even slightly heavier than just you know showing a little belly right. showing a little belly and you think that someone like fully just promoted <laughs> yeah no fully <laughs> it's just people just can't well we're still in an age unfortunately it's changing but we're still in an age where a lot of people equate plus size body fat anything to such a heavy negative and such a like disorienting like ugliness when that's not the case People just have different sized bodies. People have different genetics. People are different. Their body fat just distributes everywhere differently. And there's nothing wrong right. with that. You can be beautiful either way, no matter how you're shaped, no matter where things are sitting on your body. And being able to show off things like my stomach, like I've always had a little bit of like a, like a spare tire. It's not like the most insane one, but it's still there. When I walk, mm -hmm. my body jiggles because I have fat everywhere. It's it's what happened. Wrong with it though, like no, there's nothing wrong with it. A little bit, but it's like, and I mean, I get occasionally I do get comments with people like literally just doing like vomit emojis and things when I upload Starfire, no and I it's very it's one of those things where it is a little upsetting, but I'm also just like, all right, delete. But I am. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that everyone has the same mental faculties to not feel as affected by those kinds of comments. I don't feel personally attacked by those kinds of comments because in my mind I can you know, categorize and compartmentalize and be like, this person projecting insecurity, this person doing whatever, I don't mm -hmm. care. I don't know this person and do not care what they think. 
Because if you are someone who thinks that way, I do not keep you in my circle. So, right. but that's, I'm not saying that that's what everyone can do mentally. Some people have to just turn off their comments or ignore their comments because it really can affect them that way. So mm -hmm. I personally feel very, I feel empowered as a plus size person to make cosplays, but I'm not, and I advocate for other plus size people to do cosplay, especially to help normalize it in circulation as a whole. But I would never try to tell other people how to live their own experience mm. because sometimes telling someone just ignore it doesn't work. It doesn't work for everybody. Of course, of course. Yep. I'm, I actually yeah. have a cosplay right now I'm working on that I'm going to debut at WonderCon in about six weeks. And it's uh, Polaris. It's one of her more classic outfits. From, it was Polaris from X-Men. And mm. she has full cutouts that will go from right from like my chest to right under my nips to yeah. my belly. So you will see oh more of my body. Well, technically She's less certain. than Starfire, but you will still see a large cut of my body. <laughs> sure. So... It's, yeah, Polaris it's, has a very uh, kind of revealing outfit most of the time that she's yes. depicted. Um, yes. It's either very skin tight or it's very skin tight and also has little cutouts in it. Um, I was actually just looking up Polaris recently because I was like, Miss Marvel has a or excuse me, uh, 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 Wanda Maximoff has a sister. And I mm -hmm. was like, I forgot oh. all about this. Um and so I started looking into her, and I was like, "She's cool as fuck." <laughs> so no, that's a, awesome. that sounds like a, sounds like a really fun uh, cosplay idea. She's a cool cosplay. She's a really interesting character. She's a multifaceted character. She also, well, watching her journey in later years is a really, it's a much more healthy view of representation yeah, for right. mental illness because she is in fact bipolar. But it's mm -hmm. like oh. it is something that is addressed with far more care in later seasons versus or later seasons, later issues of comics versus when she got, when she literally just went left field at a wedding and tried to kill everybody. Like there, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that yeah. she's moved past and evolved from. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool character. And I'm sure that's going to be a great cosplay. Um, very good. Maris, any, any other questions? Well, yeah. The reason I had asked that question is because I know for a fact being of color and being plus size is a double whammy. So I feel like a lot of people probably need to hear that from someone who's in the same boat as them. And yep. it's also a little important to me because I opened your page and I was like, ah, tee. <laughs> 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 like, I, 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 I flushed right. a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> right, right, right. Very good, very good. Um, so you spoke a little bit about curating your circle um how has it been meeting other black cosplayers um how has it been being a black cosplayer um and do you find kind of similar inroads with people you meet or is it like like you said is it different or thicker skin thinner skin that kind of thing so uh in my experience has i uh it's it's unfortunately this is a colorism issue my experience mm. has been different than many because I'm lighter skinned as a whole. And I fully acknowledge that and do not shy away from that when people ask me because there is a weird, a lot of people who look at me because I'm mixed and I'm more of like an even mix. They have, no, they just don't recognize me as black. They recognize mm. me as other in general. Mm -hmm. They recognize right. me as racially exactly. ambiguous. Mm -hmm. So I have talked to many people who have darker skin than me and talk to their experiences their experience are very 
it's not that they're one-sided, but their experiences are far more in uniform with people being just straight up racist to them, trying mm-hmm. to say, oh, this character isn't black. Why are you cosplaying them? Talking about, oh, what is that? Like, what is happening? This is like gross. This is wrong. Like, they, they, I, a lot. Needless. My friends get yeah, yeah. treated terribly with a lot of different things, and some have thicker skin, some do not. Mm-hmm. Uh, some have quit cosplay altogether because mm-hmm. of the comments that they've received and the threats they've received. When all they're doing is sitting around in a character and having a good time, and sure. it's re- it's so upsetting. And I just I want to go. To those other people yell back at them but unfortunately right. i know that that either gives them a confirmation bias or enables them to be a more vitrolic yeah absolutely it's just it's just one of those things where i understand that me adding fire to this will not help i can defend them and i can talk to them personally and i can promote them but at the end of the day there are some people even if they don't even realize that there are some people who are just actively racist and love to mm-hmm. continue to be yeah 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 it's wild because earlier today and i'm not recalling the creators kira please yes i am recalling her name Kira is a great cosplayer mm-hmm. and she just posted a cosplay i think either yesterday or today i just know i saw it today and the first comment well i won't say first like third comment i saw under there is so and so isn't black and i'm like Kira's beautiful. Yeah. She <laughs> You're worried about the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You're right. worried about the wrong thing. Kira's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She has this great body that I'd kill for. And I'm just like, you're worried about the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> there are... Not only that, but you're worried at all. Like, yeah. It's, why are you concerned? <laughs> right. If it's you're... free. Also, yeah, if you're really, if you're really, really just going to never change your mind and never change your feeling. You can hit a block button. You can hit so anything else. You do not. You curate your own experience actively. Like, it's it's so wild to me to see someone. I don't know if it's a Napoleon complex. I don't know if you have nothing else better going on in your life. I don't know if you have no power in your life. But, like, to see someone sit there and go. It's usually the third thing. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, but it's like to see someone sit there and go, I need to knock this person down right. with just the amount with enough venom is so crazy to me because i know mm-hmm. people people go gossipy people get other stuff and i'm like okay that's whatever but when people are start to turn it into like active hate i'm like what is this stop it's not necessary yeah. you're bored get a job holy job <laughs> get a job stay away from her like holy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my perfect gosh. i totally get it yeah yeah um <clears throat> well i appreciate you sharing that all the same um i know uh i've I've asked this before of cosplayers and it's always a struggle to kind of meet one another um or like truly support one another when there's um really negative uh people who would rather see us kind of kicked down anyway but i appreciate that there's no um there's no stopping us right there's no stopping the trying to connect and the trying to lift each other up so um i'm glad that we can we can still at least connect in some way and uh continue to support one another that being said let's shout out some black cosplayers uh are there any that come top of mind oh i have i have many 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 yeah so yeah go for it there is <laughs> 
Hallie Haichu, who I always pronounce wrong, my friend Hallie, wonderful cosplayer, such a ball of lights. She's so much fun to hang out with. She's so great. Mm-hmm. I've got Hey Queen Bree. Bree is so talented, so amazing, so sweet. Also, sometimes releases stuff under her t-shirt company. So if the, mm. like they have, she gets really anime inspired items that are really, really cute. Oh my gosh, yippee. Jupiter, wonderful, wonderful mixed black creator, like hair wizard has taken mm-hmm. photos, took my most popular Starfire photos. Like the the one you see at the very top oh, middle, yeah. Jupiter took that, that. they took that photo. And oh they are such fun energy to be around. Amazing human being. Like just, ugh, so I could not say enough nice things about them. JJ the Webhead, very close personal friend of mine. Very fun cosplayer. Not always as active, but always a great time. You'll always see him at cons. Mm-hmm. I've got Lazarek, who's Uncanny LZ. Super fun, super talented, super like all ready to go. Always has like the best smile when it comes to cosplays. Michelle Maka. Michelle Baca is someone who I've been following for a very long time. We are friends now. We've been friends for a couple years, but we, but I had been following them way before we were friends. And mm-hmm. so talented, so much like, has started doing more content creation with her actual showing of how she makes things in tutorials versus just posting photos, which is something I need to be doing, but I'm not doing right now. So my bad. Um, Kaiesh Black, Kaiesh underscore Black, Kai, such a sweetheart. I met. I actually got to meet her for the first time at Comic Con last year. She was awesome. She was so cool, and it's one of those things where she's been creating for so long, and then just watching the stuff that she has made and the platform she's built for herself, amazing. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is also you know there's Kira. Please, there is oh there's one more creator who I cannot remember the name of. I can see her face, oh, and it's me. bothering me so much <laughs> that I can't remember oh. her name. It's bothering me to the end of the earth that I can't remember her name. You're going to remember like right before we end. I know. I'm probably going to be screaming that. Uh, Panda Boy cosplay. Adorable. Mm -hmm. Such a sweetheart. I find I'm I've been friends with him, but I only get to see him like once a year. Mm -hmm. But very, very sweet man. Very, very talented. Like and just and always loves to post his gym updates like I do. And it's always nice to see his progress in life. And then uh, last person I'll give is Anarchy. Great content creator, great cosplayer. She actually just did, I think the most recent one that I've seen from her that got like really big was she did Shady Bug from the Miraculous movie. When I think she took she took and colored a buster sword and it was so cool. But love Anarchy. She's very, very sweet and friends I've been I've been I've met her I wanna say a year ago, if not a little bit more, but Always nice to see her at cons, and always nice to like catch up and connect. And right anarchy does. is spelled <laughs> because it's so crazy. Anarchy is spelled A N A R K E E. Ooh, fancy! Yeah, we'll have. Uh, I'll ask you for links of all of these folks, and we'll slap them in the show notes for folks to to check out. Absolutely. Um, this is your your time to check the show notes. Go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I don't know if she still cosplays, but one of the people I remember following because I remember seeing them do a really amazing cosplay was Kiki X Baby. Um, I recognize that name. I don't know who that is. She's been on the podcast once before. Um, She's an amazing streamer, very fun streamer, uh, is like partnered with a bunch of different companies. 
Capcom USA, uh, Bandai Namco, a bunch of others. Um, and it's just wonderful, big energy. Um, okay. And I can't remember what cosplay I remember her seeing, but she actually just recently posted uh, a cosplay from back in 2017 she did of Cammy from Street Fighter. Um, she's always got really cool makeup tutorials and all kinds of other stuff going on. She's she's a lot of fun. I really enjoy her. Um, yeah. Maris, you know any cosplayers or what? I don't. I just be looking at y'all pictures and pretending I could be that. That's true. <laughs> you can I, absolutely I be that. Listen, experience, friend. Trust me. <laughs> Listen. Do not let anything stop you from doing cosplay. I promise you, you can do it. Like, I like wearing clothes. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, that's fair. well, but they have like the bikini cosplays. They have the bean. They have the bikini cosplays. They have the lingerie cosplays. <laughs> Listen, not that they've got so many different things. You can just buy them you from certain it. stores yeah. now. There's nothing them. to stop you. Yeah. I'm the one buying the cheap stuff on Amazon. I keep those people in business. <laughs> <laughs> my drop ship cosplays. <laughs> oh my gosh. Very good. Oh my god. I did have like one more question though. Yeah, it. go for it. Because I want to know, because obviously I watch cosplayers, but most of the ones I watch are going to be female. That's just how the algorithm treats me. Mm. Being a male presenting cosplayer, what is your space like inherently? Mm. My space is usually surrounded by, honestly, my space is usually queer people of color. That is my biggest mm-hmm. space. I... Uh, I have plenty of friends who are um, mask presenting and femme presenting, but Mm. I would say mask presenting tends to gravitate towards me in like a non-personal cosplay space and femme presenting is in a personal space. So Uh. the people who reach out to me usually are mask presenting individuals and like femme presenting people are usually I end up being closer to. And it's not really like an I'm actively seeking out an environment. It's just like a when there there are common biases that happen within certain individuals, especially when individuals mm-hmm. feel comfortable around me because they're like, oh, well, you're a man. I can just say this. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> don't no, say that. I don't love that. I, maybe Stop just speaking. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe just don't ever, maybe just address why you're thinking that. And then, but the second that I say that to anyone who is mask presenting, if they already, aren't someone who has some kind of like bias recognition experience they go mm-hmm. wow you're bringing down the vibe how dare you right. and then i'm just mm-hmm. like all right i'm gonna you're head out bro code fully yeah having a man try to talk to me about bro code and being like we <laughs> i i don't know what to possibly say to you i was having a conversation right. with a coworker, maybe i don't know a week ago maybe two weeks ago and he was talking about, he felt very comfortable with me. And I was like, that's great. But he was talking to me about how men and women cannot be friends. And uh, Really? Yes. And had, 2024? Yes. That, that was my feeling. And I got to a point where I was, because even he was saying, if he's in a room with a woman, he can't control himself. Like he's he uh. ended up cheating on his girlfriend. And I was sitting there going, whoa, buddy. There's something buddy, wrong with you. That's a therapy <laughs> thing. That's not an everybody Sickness. thing. Fully. Oh, no. Well, and then he said, "Yeah, all of my friends are like that too, and everybody in my environment." No, and I was like, no, "Whoa, Westy!" Yeah, I was like, "What are you? Do- where? Who you're are you? People you're talking to?" <laughs> right. It was crazy, but we talked for three hours, and he did not. And, and he only at one point was like, "Okay, you got a point," and then everything else he refused 
to hear another point of view and i was just like okay scary problematic <laughs> okay buddy have a good one i'll see you later like it was so and weird see, this, is a, this is a co-worker <laughs> this is a co-worker Ooh. i not a co-worker i work transfer <laughs> we have different departments and the sure. co-worker is from a different department that i do not regularly work with but it was very much just i looked at that and i was like whoa oh no yeah yeah that's uh that's a lot yeah yeah um and yeah i get it i mean i haven't had an experience like that especially at work um in quite a while but i have noticed that my online spaces as of late are very black or at least poc and queer if i can manage it um if not one then the other in some respects and even then those that can get really murky because then you have like <laughs> sometimes you have all men uh even if they are queer they have some really weird views and you're like never mind i can't be here and sometimes you are in a room full of uh black or poc, uh, POC and they're not with the queer queer stuff <laughs> and oh, you're like holy. okay i can't be here either yeah um so it, it's difficult yes it is yes absolutely um and finding that when, when you truly find at least one group in which you can have that kind of intersectionality, even if some of the ideas you may not share, right, even if there is a good mix of diverse thought, um, you still feel comfortable, right, or safe expressing yeah. those views and kind of challenging one another. Whereas yeah. in these other groups, it's kind of like, well, <laughs> if you I'll, I'll them, see you later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I'm having interesting, I've had to keep certain people at arm's length because even within queer POC groups that I've been a part of, some are still transphobic and some are mm. still anti-black, even though they are yes. people of color themselves. And I sit there and I go, what is happening? First of all, yeah. all of you know that I'm black. You know me personally. You assume that because I'm light-skinned, I'm going to act like a light-skinned? Like, no. No, I'm not. I'm trying very hard to not act like that. Thank oh you. I'm trying hard. I'm trying very hard to like be very respectful of other people and acknowledge any kind of biasy I might have. I'm trying to beat the stereotypes. Really? So for, if you, like, I'm sitting there with someone who's actively telling me, as a queer person of color, being like, "Yeah, I'm not really attracted to like dark-skinned people," and I'm like, "Whoa!" I'm glad I swallowed my water before you said that. <laughs> Full-on spit take. I just, I, I was. Me baffled and had to, i was trying to talk to him and convince him about why that like you know that might be racist wasn't hearing it yeah and other people are going well this person goes by this name now but then we'll constantly misname them we'll constantly misgender them when we are at what? other yeah, other yeah. events sometimes with them in the room and even though they sit there sometimes and they're just like i don't they're the the individual who they're misnaming has kind of gets kind of like a defeatist attitude of like, well, this person just won't change, so I'll deal with it. And I'm like, that's not right. Healthy. Yeah, that's unfair. That person is not respecting you, regardless right. of them being transphobic and being well close-minded. They are not making any Basic effort to respect you as a human being right. or how you're identifying. So like, mm -hmm. this is not a person that you should have close to your heart. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, the interesting using the right pronouns is free ninety nine. Yes, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Freezium. Yes. <laughs> Freezium, right. Um, no, but you're absolutely right. It it it's not always as for as much as we try to make it as um 
okay, I guess, as possible. Um, it isn't always easy to find the kind of intersectionality, the kind of uh, um, safe space for as many of us as possible, especially when we ourselves are multitudes of different identities and, you know, always changing and, and learning and growing. Um, it can be hard to find both the intersectionality part of that and also the people who are willing to change and grow with you um and and willing to uh be challenged on if they if they have them at least their uh problematic views um i'm glad that you are able to find that in some cases in cosplaying i'm sorry about your coworker. <laughs> no one gotta go this is a coworker. I, <laughs> at best, I see this coworker once a week for about five minutes, and we don't really see. I'm so happy for together. you. I hope that changes soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> so funny. Um, very good. Very good. Now, um, our final question for cosplaying, at least. Um, what advice do you have for other black cosplayers, or what do you hope for for new cosplayers? I would say, don't be afraid to just go for it really don't be afraid to go for it you can curate your own experience as a whole and while you should be aware of the outside world you can this can be a, a space for you to be comfortable in if mm -hmm. you're sitting there going i don't want to cosplay this character because they're because they are white that doesn't help you you're gonna if you're especially if you're someone like me mixed characters rarely exist that look like me in any medium so you need to see yourself in a character by creating this character around you don't create yourself around them if you need to make changes do it if you would rather have a character with natural hair even if that hair has some random color to it there are multiple companies like a company called as i am that does hair color there's a company called gemini naturals who is i believe is black poc or black poc and uh, femme owned as a whole mm -hmm. where you can just buy certain colors i have for my poison ivy, I use red. I use like this wine red. I think it's called mulberry from Gemini Naturals. Because personally, darker colors look better on me. If I have a bright red wig, I look really weird. But if I have mm. this like dark kind of wine color on my hair, it looks far more natural. It looks far more comfortable. So I, I get confirm it looks gorgeous. Thank <laughs> but I have so I get a lot of. And then when it comes to other ones, I try to get the colors that I know are going to be like that, but still coincide with something that looks better with my skin versus trying to just wear a wig because nothing's mm -hmm. wrong with wearing a wig but it looks weird on me especially with my beard having that kind of it makes me feel like i don't know if you know the episode of the powerpuff girls where they're wearing those suits where the men yes two different textures that's what i feel like when i yes. put on like a bright a bright wig and i oh don't want to feel like goodness. that so i my my main advice is just Really, don't be afraid to just go in. If you have natural hair and you want to use your natural hair, do it. If you want, you can just add fake color and take temporary color into it. And I have very dark hair. So unless your hair is like jet black, you will be able to add the color into your hair. If you have locks, go for it. If you have a fro, go for it. Don't be afraid to use your features, use your hair, use anything you want. If you need to make changes to the sizes or the proportions of a cosplay, do it. It doesn't matter. It's you're pretending to be a fake person. You can do whatever you want to do with it. Yeah. Just, you know, if you are someone who is not black, just you know, don't be racist. But like, you can still do what you want with a character. Right. It's it's Halloween, but like every day. Fully. Right. 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 
Very good, Would you very say, good. like, the window for cosplaying is easier for new cosplayers now? Yes. Oh, it is yes. much easier. Now, if you're planning to be a, co a content creator, no, because you are fighting mm. against every other person in the entire world. However, <laughs> if you are someone who is just trying to cosplay as a whole, it is much, much, much easier. Wigs and higher quality wigs are more available. You can go to places that are not paying me, so I will not use their names. I mean, the other two are not paying me, but... You're so real for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'm not going to say a big company name that's not paying me. It's just not... Mm -hmm. I'm not... A, I, I do not enjoy capitalism. But you can buy wigs. You can buy cosplays from literally... And you can Google just buy a cosplay. And any company, even larger, larger companies, will just have things ready for you. You can find... Shoes, if you have smaller feet, pretty much everywhere for anything. You can buy gloves. You can buy just pieces and build those things. You can buy pieces from the store. You can buy pieces from secondhand stores. You can go pretty much anywhere and find what you need for anything. The only thing that you really have to go online for is things like contacts. But those are still mm. readily available. Just, you know, you give yourself three to four weeks for them to arrive and you've got it. So I would say it is extremely accessible to make the things. The only thing that's not as accessible is money, but there are ways that you can do things cheaper until you have the funds to be able to go crazy and go elaborate. Love a message. <laughs> Don't go to the beauty supply and buy no context. No, no. That's not what he's talking about. He's not no. Talking about <laughs> for everything else except those. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, switching gears, we're going to talk a little bit about some video games. Um, we have some news at the end of this uh, involving Disney investing in Epic, which is going to be interesting. But uh, to start with, let's talk about black-created games or games with black protagonists. Are there any on your radar that you're looking forward to? So, Flintlock looks cool. Looks very cool. Flintlock? Flintlock is apparently a game about... I saw an ad for it the other day, and it is a game about basically people from the underworld are oh, pouring right. into the... Uh, they're pouring into the main world, and you're essentially you're going to have to like fight against people and the gods and other things. It looks really cool. Mm. I'm, really, I'm really inspired. I'm really like excited for it. Yeah, uh, there's like a... There's like a... Um, kind of a mix of like assassin's creed and like uh horizon zero dawn aesthetics kind of mm -hmm. um it's got a lot going for it i remember seeing some screenshots i'm looking at them now um and thinking that yeah this is pretty dope <laughs> and then there's a game called i i might be pronouncing this wrong but i looked i, I saw the reveal trailer and i thought this game was going to be absolutely gorgeous it is tales of kenzera by e, from EA. Ah, uh, yes. It looks uh, so beautiful. Yes, uh, created by a black uh, developer, Abu Bakr Salim, I believe is his name. Um, and actually produced by uh, Neil Nuban, I believe. Or partly produced, anyway. The gameplay looks fun. The aesthetics look fun. It comes out in April, like the end of April. It looks so cool. Oh, the demo's available. I didn't even know that. But yes. the it? game itself yes, looks it is. wonderful. It looks so pretty. And I seeing a game that embraces this kind of aesthetic is mm -hmm. so great. And, but it's also embracing the aesthetic in like a non-stereotypical way, in a very respectful way. 
yeah. very, very here for it. Yeah, I believe the developer, uh, again, uh, and the founder, actually, and now I'm looking at it, of the studio, of Surgeant Studios, um, which is owned by EA. Uh, again, Abu Bakr Salim is uh, from, uh, his family, I believe, is from uh, a country in Africa. I can't remember. Um, but there's a lot of his heritage and his culture represented within it. Um, and he got up on stage in December, uh, during the game awards and almost broke into tears talking about how excited he was about this game. Um, he's, he's, a, he's been, a have been following him on Twitter. He's been very excited for people to, uh, get their hands on this game. He's actually also an actor apparently, uh, in British film. Uh, oh. he's worked on Assassin's Creed, uh, origins as well. So he's got a lot going for him. <laughs> Oh, they are literally live broadcasting gameplay right now of this game. Oh, are they? I did not realize that was happening. That I didn't know. Stop. It's happening right, right now. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. That's great. Yeah, um, absolutely check out uh, Tales of Kenzera Zhao. Um, I, I co-signed that completely. Um, it looks like it's going to be a good time. And I would also just say in general, look at games... You can, I mean, you can just Google Blacklead games and other things, but seek out seek out games that are specifically that have black leads in them, have mixed leads in them, have everything. Like the, you have your you have your Spider Man Miles Morales and Spider Man Two. Thankfully, you you also have things like Becoming Human. Has uh, I can never remember the man's real name, and I feel bad. I can only remember Doctor Avery oh. from from Grey. Oh, from uh, Detroit Become Human? Yes. You I, are I, thinking... I can't oh. remember that man's name. I feel so bad. All I can think about is his name and then him in that play. And my mind goes blank. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, his character's name is Marcus. And he is played by... Da, 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 da. He is played by uh, Jesse Williams. Thank you. But I just yes, yes. I say in general, actively seek out characters of color in games and play as them, embrace them, mot- like prompt them, like be be like, check this out. Right. Because it is very important to it's not just it's very not only is it important to hype them up and make sure that you see the buzz for social media managers and for other people to see that mixed black characters and POC characters are just prevalent and being requested, but also mm-hmm. you're going to have to drown out all people who are just being racist or being saying, "Oh, we don't want to see all this like woke agenda." And like, I'm just like, they they're right. just people who are exactly. very scared of diversity as a whole, and they're viewing the introduction of non-white characters as attacking their mindset of a zero-sum game. Right. Yep. This person knows the rules. What is your message to larger industry leaders like Blizzard or Square Enix or even Disney, who we're about to talk about? My message is very simple. Don't just try to fill a quota. Listen to your characters. Listen to your creators of color. Listen to your black creators Listen to your femme creators. Listen to your black femme creators. Listen to your developers. Listen to everyone. Listen to the team. And Mm -hmm. don't just do something to check a box. Don't just do something and then pat yourself on the 
back, the work is never done. When you're in areas that are dominated by cis white men, any kind of introduction of diversity will be viewed to anyone who happens to be insecure as an, a direct attack on them. And you need to not only confront that own bias within yourself, but help others confront that bias. Because if they are not only are, not only is it important to make sure that you are maintaining healthy diversity within a workspace, but it is also important to make sure that you are acknowledging the people who are bringing that down. If you see someone and if you bring in a black person as an employee and you see someone who immediately comes in and goes, oh my God, our company is being woke because a black person is just there. That person is racist. You, and you need mm -hmm. to acknowledge that person. You need to talk to them. You need to coach them. And if they're not improving, you need to let them go. You just need to fire them. Mm -hmm. Because it's not, and if you want to get capitalistic about it, if you want to get really shallow about it, because on the moral side, that's how I feel. Just you need to stop being racist as a whole. And, you, and the only way to do that is to confront your own bias and confront the bias of others, especially people in power need to confront mm -hmm. that. But if you're going to look at it from a more shallow perspective, there are so many companies, especially like, you know, Blizzard, who had a very bad experience with misogynistic culture to the point where someone took their own life. And it was mm -hmm. very, very public. And it was a nightmare. It was a PR nightmare for them. So if you are actively, you know, engaging in, uh, in addressing bias, addressing racism, and you are continually including people of color and especially, and especially women of color in this conversation, then you understand, it'll help you not only understand how to avoid these PR nightmares, but work for a better culture as a whole. That culture, having that good culture attracts other people to work with you so you will get a more diverse place and that always looks good for you pr wise so yeah. if you really if you don't have a moral bone your in your body if you are just a capitalistic person and all you care about is money even from a standpoint of making money this is good for you so yep. like i don't I, I that's all i really have to say at that point yeah yeah absolutely um any final questions maris before we we get into the no, little no, bit of news. No, they put it down. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Amazing. I'm dusting my hands. You said it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, perfect. All right, so uh, you may have heard already, but Disney is indeed investing uh, in Epic to create what they're calling persi a persistent universe uh, tied to Fortnite. Um, we expect that this is only the first of Disney's kind of foray into video games. Um, Back in 2016, they shut down their own in-house studio. There have since been some Disney games. You have Disney Speedstorm, which is a kind of Mario Kart-esque Disney game uh, on Steam. Um, you have some Disney and Marvel characters showing up in Fortnite already. But it seems Disney wants to get really back into the game here, uh, literally speaking. Um, investing in... Uh, uh, epic uh to the tune of 1.5 billion dollars uh they want to build something of a 
this is their words, metaverse-like project. Uh, Hmm. Disney explains, in addition to being a world-class games experience and interpreting (laughs) with uh, Fortnite, uh, the new Persistent Universe will offer a multitude of opportunities for consumers to play, watch, shop, and engage with content characters and stories from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Avatar, and more. Players, gamers, and fans will be able to create their own stories, experiences, and express their fandom in a distinctly Disney way and share content with each other in ways that they love. This will all be powered by Unreal Engine. And we've seen what Unreal Engine 5 can do. Um, It looks very, very shiny, very spectacular. Um, So, I mean, really, first and maybe last thoughts on what we think about a, a kind of Disney forever universe set sort of within Fortnite, but also being its own standalone thing it sounds like i'm not gonna lie to you disney did this and i just checked the date back in or they attempted to do something similar are you yeah. talking about you the see. game where they are where you just go around disneyland and you do things and you ride rides no um oh. that's uh that's another one that's i owned that game for the connect it was wild yeah the connect <laughs> Oh, wait, no, are we talking about Disney Infinity? No. Oh, you're talking about Infinity. No, I'm talking about Disney Infinity, and that was in 2020, 2013 to 2015. Yeah. And this, I'm telling you, I'm I'm Amadeus. <laughs> They're oh bringing it back. Sure, They're bringing sure. back Disney Infinity because it was it popped off so hard. They were selling toys. They were selling games. They were selling pure consoles. Mm-hmm. Like, they were selling Amiibos, like, literally amiibos but they were disney yeah so they weren't amiibo branded obviously but they were selling like little figurines you put on the game station and you just play with your character they are bringing this back they they do kind of have something like this already which is making me feel like they want to make this feel i don't know what they want out of this i guess they want to um, they want an ar universe because disney infinity could have been ar if they had the technology right. but they have disney dreamlight valley which i only That's know about because thing, royal leo knight plays that and he's insane mm. about it disney dreamlight valley is so much fun but it's definitely more cozy disney hmm. infinity was like a game game mm-hmm. interesting so we're so we're we're thinking less life sim and mm. more and more like it I'm was, actually thinking it was like open world creativity. It was like hmm. a little Minecrafty, but there wasn't necessarily like that kind of building. It was very okay. story driven, though. It was really, really story heavy. I'm actually thinking it's probably going to be a combination, and the reason is because I don't know if you ever saw the the world that PlayStation used to have. PlayStation used to have yeah, this, sure. Which one? That it had a huge world that you could just kind of walk around in. You could make your own house. You could. Have all those other stuff you could play games in right. there, you could connect with other people. Mm-hmm. I do not and remember then what Xbox it's called. tried to do the same thing and it was terrible. So I think <laughs> that this will actually be a combination of that where it will be because mm-hmm. it's of course because a lot of this is going to be in Fortnite, it'll allow it'll at that point it'll open just new worlds for you to drop into Fortnite. But I think mm. that they want to expand it to be a point where maybe it could be a combination of a lot of these things where you can play in the games like Infinity, but you can also walk around like in that old Disneyland game where you just kind of, you kind of could just go around the area Toontown. as you wanted. Toontown would be great. If they brought back Toontown, I'd be all in. Toontown would be like Toontown and Disney Infinity mixed together because Toontown has everything you're talking about. Yes. But it was just, you know, was it, it Flash? It was it Flash based? Yeah, I don't remember it? what it was. But I the problem, I mean, but I this is Disney another problem. It. 
this is another problem that I think Disney has come up on a lot where they end they tend to get into trends closer to the tail end because they need sure. to do all of their because right. they're such a big company they need to do all of their development and they need to do research all of their make sure re- especially research so even with the infinity characters spyro really popped that off the spyro right. universe mm. really popped mm-hmm. that off and then amiibos built on it but just amiibos you know you couldn't do anything with them they just gave you things or they gave you experiences mm-hmm. and but near the end is where infinity really came in but by that time people had bought a million different spyro things and right. now they're kind of, and then they just, it just kind of fell off. What it, it got really big for a second because the Disney names attached to it, but then it fell off. Yeah. But they, they've sure. been trying to do this a lot with, but they end mm-hmm. up being a little bit late. Yeah. A little lackluster too. I 100% remember because I was working like at Toys R Us at the time when Toys R Us was still a thing. But like Disney Infinity popped off for Spyro and then it died down again and then it popped off for Marvel when like the hero movies were getting big mm-hmm. and it died down again when people just like because with infinity once you have because on the wii i had to look at that it was on the wii once you have a wii you're not gonna buy another wii mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sure. you're just not gonna buy another wii so like it died down again so they saw a drop in sales so it's like babe it's not the sales you need to worry about it's the consistency you need to like implement dlc like add-ons and stuff like that so instead of doing that and paying attention to like the way other people ran their games and their consoles they released another disney fanny pack and it was star wars and that one popped off really really hard with like the new star wars series and all the cartoons and everything and then it died down again because once you buy a wii don't need another Wii. Mm. So you have all these boxes of Disney Infinity this, Disney Infinity that, like boxes, boxes, because they wouldn't sell them individually. And I'm just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like they don't know how to sell video games. And I think teaming up with Epic will help. But Epic is winning on this one. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was a win for them. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I know we were talking to Jace about this. Like I was saying, I think it's about to become like a powerhouse for children, just children gaming. Fortnite or or Epic? Epic. Yeah, I think Epic is. I don't know. Um, I've always been very wary of Epic, but they are definitely making moves that threaten like other gaming companies, right? Like mm-hmm. they, the first move they really made that was really big was making the Epic Game Store and the Epic Games Launcher um basically rival steam right and uh they have more free game giveaways than i think steam has ever had in its lifetime um and then on top of that being able to pick up on where the market is going seems to be epic's big uh kind of cash cow right they they seem to be able to predict they can predict the future (laughs) very very well and i think predicting that uh, Battle Royale games would be as big as they were and uh, mm-hmm. developing that with Fortnite was like the biggest brain move they could ever make in their lives. Um, that being said, it it's it's scary to me, right? Because it reeks it of kind of a of, of kind of a conglomerate monopoly. kind of monopoly, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And the only other company doing that, aside maybe from Steam, who is still kind of like, no, we're doing our own thing, um, is Microsoft and Xbox, uh, where you get the kind of games as a service thing going on. And, and, you know, you don't really own your games. You're just kind of renting them using uh, the $10 a month service thing. And it's all very murky to me. If uh, on one hand, 
game accessibility has been at its peak because of uh, companies like Epic and Microsoft and Steam, but also game preservation, um, all the things that we truly like, all the nostalgia that we like to go back to, um, you know, pulling out our old PS2s and everything. We don't get that anymore. Um, And we, with the way things are going, it'll take a really hard pivot um, that even I think Epic would have to like, adjust to for us to go back to something like that and it's it's dangerous it's scary it's weird but i recognize again they're, they're having a good time uh the kids love mm-hmm. fortnite i love fortnite now i hate it uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah they're they're making moves making money moves i think that one of the biggest things when it comes to this unfortunately is that it has it has become a model that has to be a constant revenue stream Everything mm, yes. has to be constant revenue stream or else they're viewing it as losing money. They right. want to charge $60 for a game, but they also know that they'll put that game somewhere where you're already continuously paying for things. Mm-hmm. And yep. the way that that saves them money, of course, is one, you don't own the game. So if they just drop it, it's done. And you're, yep. you don't have to think about it. But also, that all, I think that also, like much like video streaming, affects the way that if anyone got kind of a kickback from game sales, directly hurts them directly makes it so that person does not get paid the same as if someone bought a physical copy of a game. So I say, that because the, pri- the, the price is the same, if you can buy a physical copy, buy it. Because that's the only way you ever own a game. Even if you buy a $60 copy of a game yeah. digitally, you don't own it. You only own the yeah. license to play it until that studio decides to rescind it. Yeah, or, you know, uh, until the launcher breaks down or... Exactly. 14. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So if you need to, uh, 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 while it is not always ideal because we have become a culture that does constant revenue rather than mm-hmm. larger, like bumps of revenue, like it's just it's it's a mindset that we as a whole need to kind of shift yeah. back into to be like, all right, do we want to continue going into this just subscription model for literally everything? Because that subscription model doesn't just this uh this just happened with Crunchyroll um losing yeah. oh. Funimation. Um that was a punch to the heart. Well yeah, they now... they bought them years ago or a couple years right. ago. No, but like, now there's the no decline has been crazy. No access to your Funimation things anymore because they're not mm-hmm. they're not hosting it anymore. Nope. And I mean I have unfortunately I've been a Crunchyroll person for longer. It's really the only way to get anime in some cases. Well, even with it stuff is. like Hulu, they ripped all that stuff out and it's right. only on Crunchyroll now, which yeah. I was using Hulu for anime, so I stopped using it as a whole, but it's one of the, it is one of those things where unfortunately, well, I mean, and I'm I'm happy about it and I'm not happy about it. I'm happy about it because I don't like oligarchy and I don't like Monopoly. So like, sure, I right. I very much want Maybe oligarchy was not the best, not the word I was looking for, but... No, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't enjoy the thought of having everything in one service because then the competition is gone. Like, when it Mm -hmm. comes to these bigger companies, I'm not surprised that companies are not actively being sued consistently for anti-monopoly laws that we have in this country. I know that when it came to the Disney-Fox merger, they had to do hearings to make sure that this wasn't going to cause a problem, and that it immediately did. Because Disney also owns the majority of Hulu, and now that they own half of most modern cable they can charge whatever they want to and then it's still sure. like on an extra hundred dollars for live tv if you want it it's crazy 
but it's like on this like idea that well if someone wants to compete with us they just can and it's like you know it's not that simple <laughs> you know honestly it's, not. it's netflix's fault <laughs> yeah netflix yeah. really pioneered netflix pioneered this model while video games have been doing it for a minute which i listen i hate dlc i'll be the first yeah. to say it i do not enjoy dlc i do not enjoy constant mobile gaming purchases i do not enjoy anything i do not enjoy play to win models i do not mm -hmm. purchase anything from i don't purchase anything tied to mobile games and i don't purchase anything that is like i don't even purchase cos cosmetic things most of the time because i hate the thought of that being more important than the gameplay itself and i hate pay to win models so much that i will not encourage that as much as i can avoid but sure. when it, they so they've been doing it for a while with everything, and I mean there are different things, of course. When it comes to just skins for aesthetic skins for certain people, if like that's what they want, that's fine. I'm not gonna bag on someone else for that. That's completely fine. But when it comes to oh, you have to buy this pack, so now you're better at the game. Your game's not that good to begin with if you have to pay to win it. It's just not. That's not a skill based game anymore. It's a like money based game. So all the rich people right. and the whales are gonna win. But when it comes to television. Netflix created a model fully that was we are going to pull people in and then we are going to keep them there. The stuff that mm -hmm. we have is what's going to keep them there. So it doesn't matter what we do at that point as long as they're there. And that is what all of these companies are doing. I think if you get the Disney combination, which is like Hulu and Disney and I think ESPN or something like that, it's like 20 bucks. Yeah. It's 20. I remember yeah. when Disney started with Disney Plus, you got... if. You could get what six bucks, and you got plenty of stuff. Plenty of stuff. Mm -hmm. like, you and you could just kind of. And Hulu was still <sighs> under ten at that point. It was still something cheaper at that point. It's all so different. Hulu was now. like five dollars. Hulu was like five dollars. I seeing a model, and Amazon just did this, and I'm so I was because they just started implementing. Oh, you can pay two ninety nine for Prime Vi for Prime Video with no ads. That just started like in January. For no reason. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no reason. Crazy. So I'm sitting there going, okay, well then I just won't watch Amazon stuff anymore. That's fine. Right. right. If I don't <laughs> if if I don't want to deal with the extra ads that you're gonna put on, I can go watch content literally anywhere else. And I'm already paying for a Prime subscription. So now you are charging me the same amount of money for less. I'm Doesn't not. I'm. It's not making. Yeah, you got to make it make sense because I'm surprised that a lot of these companies aren't being sued actively misleading people and changing their policies without lowering prices i'm sure. really surprised companies are not being sued for this because they're you yeah. are giving so. them a false you are literally giving them false promises if you're saying so, hey we're going to offer you this oh no we need to change this and charge you the same takes an act of uh governmental uh, uh you know action and uh sure. that ain't gonna right. happen that's so. very true <laughs> you're right on business this year <laughs> Um, so we are running out of time and I hate to cut us off because I love this <laughs> So sorry. Capitalism is really what like gets my no, blood boiling I, so I can go for a, please, I can go for a please. year about it. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, but, um, to finish this episode off with a, a, a small bang, please let us know, uh, where people can find you on the internet and if you have anything else to plug. I am your cosplay dad literally everywhere. Like, I'm your cosplay dad on, I'd say the places that I am most active are Instagram and TikTok. I'm not content-wise. I'm just watching a lot of stuff. But I will be making more <laughs> content 
within it was like within the next like month or so i'm really going to try my best to just punch out as much as i can and keep going but i would say instagram is where to find me most actively and just keep an eye out for stuff that i'm going to be making and collaborations i've got going on and i am very excited to connect with you yahoo we're cheering for you excellent excellent maris where people find you on the internet oh my gosh is it my turn you can find me (laughs) about thirty thousand leagues under the sea um but you can also find me on all platforms under maris the witch you're not going down there you don't no i'm not swimming Ah. uh i love swimming not going down there um (laughs) my head might explode or something i don't know how what are you talking about water pressure that's a thing what's that gotta do just swim forehead (laughs) just swim forehead he's he's trying to not end up like the he's trying to not and not end up like that submarine (laughs) the submarine (laughs) yeah yeah exactly oh those guys (laughs) <laughs> all right as always you can find me at comedy jace gaming on twitter and blue sky and instagram and you can find the weekly cooldown as well at wk cooldown on twitter and instagram and blue sky be sure to visit the weekly cooldown instagram page visit wkcooldown.com for more news and other episodes be sure to leave a review or comment i think you have to do both on apple Podcasts because it helps the show grow and it helps me a five-year six-year podcast veteran become a better podcaster maybe be sure to check out the links in the description including of course our humble bundle for this week and remember that you can support your favorite charities and support this show our logo and art is done by corgian follow corgian on twitter at doghouse corgian d-o-g-h-o-u-s-c-c-o-r-g-i-a-n that's doghouse corgian on twitter and our intro music is done by ricky find ricky on twitter at dog underscore noise d-o-g underscore n-o-i-s-e that is all for the weekly cooldown i am kami jace i'm maris i'm your cosplay dad and we'll see you next week thanks for listening bye bye bye